welcome to the Lighthouse Community Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We hope today's teaching will encourage you in your faith and help you develop an increasing desire to walk with God. Let's listen in. Well, it was an epic battle, all right? Like powerhouses coming against one another. Let me, uh, let me set the scene for you here just uh, briefly. You, you essentially have the superpowers of the religious leaders gathered together, and you have this whole crew of people that actually typically does not like being together. Um, they actually can't stand one another. But in this moment, you have these two opposing groups joining forces, uniting for a single cause. And that single cause is to shut down Jesus Christ. If we can do that, everything becomes much better, everything becomes much easier, and goes back to the way that we want it. And so the Pharisees and the Sadducees, these are two religious groups uh, in that time, came together, and their whole goal is to destroy Jesus' credibility uh, as a leader. And so they're asking him these questions that are expertly designed right, to raise up boundaries, to, to throw up flags, right, theologically, socially, politically, right, culturally, all these things. Because if we can get him to say things a certain way, if we can get him to admit that he believes this or he supports that, what's that what that's going to do is going to create factions that are against him to show his bias. To everybody's amazement, though, Jesus' wisdom consistently surpassed the craftiness of these religious leaders every time, every time. And so finally, in almost like this triple dog dare moment, right? (laughs) You never go there. (laughs) But they went there. That one Pharisee comes and he brings out the big gun, right? And the question he asks is this, teacher, which commandment is the greatest in all of the Bible, right? And the grins begin to, you know, go, and and the leaders begin to chuckle a little bit, and they're going, we got him now. We got him. He's got to answer, and this is going to be our moment. Anybody know how Jesus answered that question, which is the greatest commandment in all of the Bible? Does anybody know how Jesus answered that? What did he say? Yep, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. What else? And love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. And then he says this, basically all of the scripture is summed up in those two statements, in those two, in those two words, right? And so he says that, right? He says this, that love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the greatest in the first commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself on these two commandments depend all the law and all the prophets. And so Jesus quoted one passage from Deuteronomy. He quoted one passage from Leviticus, but his point is overwhelming. All of the Bible, in fact, all of life, is summed up in those two passages. Love God with your whole being and love others with the greatest good. And so Jesus took this moment, right? Jesus took this moment that was designed to create theological boundaries, 
political barriers, cultural and socioeconomic lines and draw them very clearly. This is where you stand. This is where I stand. We're very, very different people, right? What was designed for that to set walls to go up and sides to be chosen, instead, he turned it to a discussion about purpose. He took a debate about surface-level topics, and he drove it home to the very essence of what it means to be a human being, right? Why? Well, because these religious leaders had lost their purpose. They missed who they really were. Now, I'm not talking about their role as religious leaders over the nation of Israel. I'm talking about their very essence of what it means to be a human being. They had lost it. And in fact, every single person suffers from loss and purpose. Every one of us. We all, we all deal with this. We all suffer from a loss of purpose. And it's not something that just a few of us deal with, Right? But every single one of us is affected by this amnesia of who it is that we really are and and regarding our design. We don't really know who we are. We don't really know what our true purpose is. And so what happens is we go out in search of who we are. And so some make that decision based on their strengths or their talents, right? They go, hey, listen, I was born to play this game. And this is what I was made to do right? Or they'll say, you know, well, I'm, I'm a great listener, so I chose to, to work in a field, you know, like social or therapy or, you know, whatever it is, because that's what I'm good at. And so they find their purpose based on their strengths or their capacities. Others decide their uh, purpose based on desire, right? I want to I make a lot of money, and so I don't care what I need to do to do that, but that's, that's what I want to do. My desire is to be really, really secure. I want or I want to, you know what, I, I want to be remembered, and so I'm going to make sure everything I do is tailored in that direction that I'm remembered. And then uh, you still have others decide that because they, they want to make a difference. I, I want to leave a legacy of change. That's my purpose, is to leave this world different than when I found it. Right? So everybody's making decisions all of the time. And, and, and so what you have here, strengths, desire, legacy, that probably makes up like 5% of the population, kind of like dive into that. And then the rest of us, we're kind of like go with the flow. Hey, man, this happened, this door opened, I'll do that, we'll go with this, we'll make this happen. And we kind of you know, operate through our lives. We exist. Um, we deal with like what's the least painful in the moment. I'll go with that option. That one causes me the least pain. Let's do that. Right? And it doesn't, here's the thing, it doesn't take much looking or much deep thought at all to realize that things like money, things like status, things like fame or legacy, they don't hold up underneath the weight of the question that every one of us asks pretty consistently. And the question we all ask is, is this question, why? Why? Why am I here? What, what, what is my purpose? What am I supposed to do with my life? Why does my life even matter? See, that's, that's a question that Jesus answered here in the scripture. This is the question that the religious leaders, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, didn't even realize that they were asking, right? 
but Jesus draws them to this point. It's the question that every single one of us wrestles with, whether we verbalized it or it's just lingering in the back of our mind and we don't. It's this nagging thought, right? Late at night, deep in, in who we are, we're wondering, right? There's like something, it feels like we're missing something, right? That's the question that Jesus is answering. That's a question that the Bible is answering for us today. Answers every day, by the way, but specifically today. So what I want to invite you to do is, if you brought a Bible with you, turn to Genesis chapter 1, uh, or you can click over there on your device. Uh, while you're going there, uh, if we haven't met yet, my name is Fritz Bilo. I serve as, as one of the leaders here at Lighthouse Community, and uh, I would love to connect with you sometime. And so if you're here on campus, maybe we can chat after a service, or if you're joining online, man, shoot me a message. Uh, I'd love to get to know you and, and find out who you are. Uh, but uh, really glad uh, if you're wherever you're joining us, uh, especially, hey, if you're at our Bluffton community location right now, uh, we are super excited for you. Uh, they, by the way, they are getting ready to launch their first public Sunday morning service on February 14th. So we're, yeah, we're like really <laughs> excited about that. So we're pumped for you guys. We know you got a lot of stuff getting ready to, uh, you know, get ready in place for that Sunday morning. We're jazzed uh, that you guys, uh, God's leading you in that direction, but definitely glad you're part of our family uh, this morning. Uh, by the way, just re real quick, um, Bluffton Community actually started as a small group Maybe, maybe you know this, you don't know this. They met as a small group, kind of just studying scripture and praying for one another and things like that. And then they began to gather, you know, additional people. And they made the decision, hey, what if we started meeting on Sunday morning? And uh, they started live streaming the Sunday morning service from Lighthouse Community. Before they realized it, there's like 30 people cramming into a house, uh, worshiping together on Sunday morning. And someone's like, hey, uh, maybe God is doing something here and we might start a church uh, here in Bluffton. And so that's what they've been doing, and God's been leading them, and it's been really cool. So there's like lots of energy around that. And, and I just want to share that because who knows? God might use you, God might use your group meeting on Thursday night or Tuesday night or whatever it is to actually launch another uh, church here in Hancock County that reaches more people for the gospel. Uh, that's That's how this started out. And so that's a pretty exciting thought. So uh, let's do this. Before we go any further and jump into the scripture, let's take a moment uh, to pray together. So let's bow our heads and pray. Father in heaven, I overwhelmingly uh, thank you that you give us life, you give us breath, you, you literally have put your life within us, and we have the capacity to know you. And I thank you that you have done everything that we can know you. And so we would ask you, Holy Spirit, this morning, through the scriptures, to speak very clearly, to expose the character of God, to reveal who we are for real, and help us to walk by faith in that purpose and to know you deeply. We worship you this day and ask these things in the great name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen. amen. All right. Okay, so Genesis chapter 1, uh, we're going to look at verses 26 and 27 for just a moment. Uh, if you were here last Sunday, you know we read this uh, for a moment, but we're going to read it again and kind of look at it from another perspective. So I'm going to read from the English Standard Version. That's what's on the screen behind me, but you can follow along in the version that you have. This is what it says. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his 
own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. Now, there's two key truths that I want to just highlight for a moment that really come out of this passage. The first one is this, is that human beings, human beings are created by a creator God who has revealed himself through the Bible and through the person of Jesus Christ, okay? We are created by a creator God. Now, what's so important about that is this. We are not the happy accident of a random universe, okay? That's, that's not what happened. We did not, over a series of complete chance mutations, most of which are scientifically and mathematically impossible, okay? in and of themselves. We did not have these chance changes that over time we became more efficient and more complex creatures at the same time, okay? We are created with care and purpose from the very beginning. That's a very important truth to know and to understand and internalize because that changes everything about who we are as people, okay? I would love to dive in this morning onto all of the ramifications of what that means. I have the time. You don't have the time. You wouldn't be friends with me if I took all of the time, first and last time at Lighthouse. But uh, we'll get into that one day. We just can't today. But you have to know, Scripture clearly makes the point that we are created with care and purpose by a creator God. You have to know that. Here's the second truth that comes out of this. A fundamental aspect of humanity is that we are created in the image of the triune God. Okay? We are created in the image of the triune God. Three in one, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Now, uh, if you weren't here last week, we did a pretty substantial discussion around that. I would encourage you to jump on that, listen, watch that service from last week, download it, um, whatever. But oh, we can't kind of go over all of that. But know that that's really important. Right? A fundamental aspect of humanity is that we're created in the image of the triune God. And so you have to know this. All, all of creation, all of creation was created by God, right? He didn't farm it out. He, he did it. He created all of creation. But there's only one part of creation that carries God's image. And it's you. And it's me. Human beings. We are the only aspect in all of creation to carry the image of God. And that's really, really important. Humans were and humans are created in God's image after his likeness. Now, there's been a lot of discussion over the centuries. Exactly what does that mean? Exactly what does it mean to be created in the image of God? Do we look like God? Does he have a beard? Right? Does he, you know, what, what color is his hair? Um, you know, or is it more that we have higher mental capacities to reason? To know, right? To, to be interconnected and to problem solve? Is that what it means to be in the image of God? I, I would say this. If you look at just these passages right here, 26 and 27. Now, I think you, know, you can dive in uh, to some other discussions. But if we're just looking at these passages for a moment, two outcomes become really clear about what it means to be made in the image of God. One, one is this. One aspect of being in the image of God is what the scriptures refer to as dominion. Okay? Or you might call that leadership or authority. 
a part of the image of God is that he has given us dominion. He's given us authority. He's given us leadership, right, over creation, okay? That's one aspect of the image of God. The second one is this, is that we're created for relationship, okay? We're created for relationship. And I want to hang there for a second because that, that's really important. See, this relationship that, that God is talking about here, it's, it's more than just knowing about God, right? Because you may say like, hey, I want to I tell you about who God is. And somebody might go, oh, yeah, 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 I, I know all about God, right? That's not what we're talking about here. Um, sometimes when I'm like mindlessly scrolling on Facebook, uh, you know, it's kind of going through, I'll see somebody who posts a picture like, you know, it comes up on my newsfeed. It's like a picture of a group of people, and they're all together, you know, like hands around pre-COVID. But, you know, they're all around each other, and they're smiling and stuff like that. And when I see that photo, I always get excited because that means I get to play my game, right? I have a game, and it's called Which One of These People Is My Friend, right? <laughs> I love to play it. Let me explain this. So here's what you have to do. You have to uh, train your eye to not look at the name of the profile, of the person who posted that picture, and just only look at the picture. And so what I like to do is I just like to look at this group of people in this picture, and I go, who, which one of these people do I know and is my friend? Okay? What's really remarkable is so many times, I don't know any of them. <laughs> I, I don't know who they are, right? I can't, I can't recognize them. I'm not quite sure which one is the person I know. So I look at their profile, and they, I'm like, oh, okay, all right. And then I look back and like, okay, yeah, it's that person, right? So th there's an aspect where I, I know of them, right? I know of them, but I don't really know them, right? I don't know them so well that even from a picture on Facebook that I can pick them out. I don't know about the way they laugh when they really get going and their sides begin to hurt. I don't know if they stick an R in the middle of wash or not. <laughs> Right? I, I don't know that. I know, I know about them, but I don't really know them, right? And, and so, because, you know, I haven't spent much time with them, so I don't really know them. And so when we talk about the fact that we're designed for relationship with God, it's not just the fact that, we, yeah, yeah, I know about God. Yeah, yeah, three in one, creator of the universe, all that jazz. I know that. What we're talking about is knowing him, right? Knowing him. See, we're created to know God deeply. We're created to love God with, with passion, right? With our whole being, our whole selves. And we're designed to rely on God in every situation and in every season, that, that's how we're designed. That's how we're created, right? Even the dominion side of the image of God, right? This leadership side of the image of God. Do you realize that that is not like out of independence from God? We don't lead independently from God. We don't have dominion by ourselves separate from God. Actually, that leadership, that dominion is created within relationship to God. It's actually leadership that relies on God. Because that aspect is this, right? Is our role in leading in creation, it's a partnership with God, carrying out his purposes, displaying his character, right? For others to see. See, we are created for relationship with God. 
You have to know that, right? That, that's, that's the purpose. That's the design. And so when God created hum- humanity, man enjoyed this relationship with God. But if you look in the scriptures, you go a little bit farther ahead, you, re- you begin to see that actually a relationship with God is not all we were created for. Okay? So we were created for a relationship with God, but we're created for something else as well. Look at Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. So this is after God has created everything. He looks upon it all, declares it as good, right? And then you get to verse 18. This is what it says. Then the Lord God said, it is not good. It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. Now, out of the ground, the Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to see uh, to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all the livestock and to the birds of the heavens and every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper fit for him. Him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and while he slept, took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, This at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Now, after looking at all that he had created and declaring it good, God declares one thing is not good. He says, It is not good. For man to be alone, right? He shouldn't be alone. And so you have to understand that we're created for relationship with God and we're created for relationships with one another. You have to know that, right? It's not an either or. It's actually a both and. We're created for relationships with God and with one another. See, God knows the joy of being in relationship with others who are like you right? Because God is three in one. Father, Son, Holy Spirit eternally have enjoyed this friendship, right? A friendship that's marked by unselfish commitment to one another, honoring one another over and above themselves, right? Giving, generosity, all of that. And so, right? God is inviting. He wanted humankind to know that joy as well. Now, it's really interesting to me that God understands this truth, But he didn't just want to tell Adam, hey, hey, Adam, it's not good for you to be alone. But what he does is he helps Adam internalize it. Because look what he does. He says, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to bring all the animals, right? I'm going to show them all to you. Uh, You're going to name them all, right? There's an aspect of leadership, dominion going on right there. And at the same time, you're going to see which one of these is like a really good fit for you, right? So they're coming along, right? You're looking at all of these. He's naming them, right? All that kind of stuff. And you get to the end of this whole process, right? After naming every single one, after naming them all, can you imagine how frustrated Adam is? Right? None, of, none of these. None of these are right. None, they're fine. You know, dogs, great, cats. Mm, you know, I like it. They're all fine. They're all fine. It, it, you know, it makes me wonder, like, I wonder if Adam started to begin to realize what God already knew. And he began to recognize Right, you begin to recognize, it's not, it's not good for me to be alone. I do long for somebody like, like myself. And I love my relationship with God. It's wonderful and it's remarkable. And yet, God, it seems like you've created me in a certain way. And so I imagine 
that when Adam woke up and God first presented Eve to him, right? We, we see the words recorded here. I wonder if his first words were, you complete me, right? Jerry Maguire stole that from Adam. I'm telling you, I believe it, you know? You complete me, uh, right? But no, Adam, Adam's so fulfilled. He's, he's like, wow, what? she's like me, right? Bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. We're, we're like really similar to one another. Wow, this is great. And he begins living as this fulfilled human being for the first time because he's created for relationship with God and he's created for relationship with other people. It's what we're created for, right? Let me say it again. It's a both and. It's not that, well, if you have a relationship with people, you don't need it with God. Or if you have a relationship with God, you don't need a relationship with people. That, that's, you don't see that anywhere in the scripture. Actually, everywhere you see, you need a relationship with God, you need a relationship with people. Right? It's a both and because we're created to love God and we're created to love one another. Now, why is it so important that we know our purpose and we know that we're created for relationship with God and we know that we're created for relationship with one another? Why is it important that we understand and recognize that we're made to love God and we're made to love one another? Why does the scripture, like Genesis starts out that way, Genesis is the first book in all of the Bible, so the Bible starts out that way. Why, why does God do that? You know, the easy logical answer is, well, when you're going to begin, you start at the beginning. Right? And I think there's truth in that, but I also think there's another aspect behind this. So you have to understand and remember that Israel, the nation of Israel, is living in a time and a culture where they're surrounded by other nations, they're surrounded by other tribes, they're surrounded by other peoples, and these other nations and these other tribes and these other peoples are following and worshiping other gods. Okay? So you have all these nations, tribes, and people following all of these other gods. Thousands of gods. Thousands. And all of them making promises. If you follow me, then I will. Right? If you worship me, then I will. All these gods are making these promises uh, to the nations and to Israel as well. Right? And so you have, you have these gods out here. Like the Egyptian goddess Isis, who would promise to care for you in the underworld, if you would only worship her. I'll take care of you like a mother takes care of her kids. Just worship me. Worship me and follow me. Or the Canaanite god, Molech, who promised great and overwhelming agricultural harvest. All you have to do is take one of your infants and throw them in the fire and let them burn to death. Then you can have a really good crop season this year. Right? Or uh, there was other uh, gods like the Mesopotamian god uh, Enlil of Nippur, who uh, if you would make him happy, maybe, maybe, just maybe, he wouldn't destroy you, right? Like, <laughs> hopefully. Or Baal, who would give you rain if you worshipped him, but you have to do it his way, on his terms, and if you get it wrong, or if he's not in a good mood, you're not getting it. See, what happened is most of these gods required you to take advantage of people around you to make them happy. You actually have to use and abuse and take advantage of people around you to satisfy what they want. There's one Mesopotamian God. This is their creation story, right? This God created them, uh, created all of the world, and then he created people for food. That's your purpose according to that 
your food, all right? That's it, God food, all right? That is, that is it. But they're all designed to take advantage of another person if you want to experience their blessing. And they made promises, but very rarely ever kept those promises, right? And so with all these nations and all these gods making promises for worship, if you worship me, then I'll do this. God began the scriptures with a reminder of who mankind is. Your purpose, why you were created, who you are, right? And he says, listen, you're created for a healthy relationship with me. That, that's why I made you. That's why I designed you. You're created for a healthy relationship with me on my terms, and you're created for loving relationships with each other. And so it's starting out here in Genesis 1 and 2. What God is saying is this. Don't forget your purpose. Don't forget why I created you. I created, so that, I created you so that you would know me. I created you so that you would love me. I created you so that you would rely on me. That's your purpose. That's your design. And God's promise has always been this. If you'll follow me, then what you'll get is me. That's always been God's promise. If you'll follow me, then you'll get me. See, you're created for me. And you'll get the very thing you were designed for, right? Yeah, there's, there's other blessings that God gives that comes with that, but those are all secondary. They're all secondary to the greatest and the first promise. If you'll follow me, you will get me. That's what we're made for, knowing God. And, and you have to see this, right? You have to see that our world, our world is not overwhelmingly different from Israel's. Think about this. Where our world is not so different from Israel's because we too, we live in a world full of gods. Thousands, hundreds of thousands of gods in our world, right? All of them making promises, if you worship me, then I will, right? Now, these gods don't go by the names of, you know, Isis or Molech or Baal or anything along those lines. Rather, we know them as things like fame, Wealth, sex, power, technology, right? These are the names they go by today and in our time, right? And so fame promises that if you worship me, I will make sure you're remembered. And yet every one of us knows you can be known one day and absolutely forgotten and ignored the next, right? Wealth promises security. Follow me and I'll give you security. Oh, you just have to exchange every minute of your life, your relationships with the people you love the most, right? And your focus, because you've got to stay here on me. Sex says, if you'll, if you'll follow me and worship me, I'll make sure you experience real pleasure. And yet every time, right, the risk has to be upped to get back to that place. Power makes the promise that if you'll follow me, you'll be in charge. You'll get to call the shots. You'll do what you were created for. Dominion. Leadership. 
Worship me and I'll give you what you really, really want. You'll just have to crush a few people in the process, make some backroom deals to get there. But hey, listen, once your guy's in charge, everything is going to be better and never go bad again. Right? So you have all these gods making promises that they can't keep. You have to see that. You have to see that our world is not fundamentally different from Israel's and that this is some archaic and ancient document that has no place for us today. Genesis chapter 1 is speaking into our current day right now. Right? See, this is what Jesus came to reveal to us. See, he's saying, "This, this is what, let me show you what real human life looks like. A life that's centered on knowing God, a life that's centered on loving God, a life that's centered on relying on God. Let me show you what that looks like. That's why Jesus says some really clear statements, especially in the Gospel of John. Look at John chapter 5, verse 19. Jesus says this, I tell you the truth, the Son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the Father doing. Whatever the Father does, the Son does. This is what it looks like to know, love, and rely on God. This is what Jesus is saying. John chapter 8, verses 28 and 29. And when you've lifted up the Son of Man on the cross, then you will understand that I am he. I do nothing on my own, but only say what the Father taught me. And the one who sent me is with me. He has not deserted me, for I always do what pleases him. This is what it looks like to know, love, and rely on God, right? In John chapter 17, verse 3, Jesus prays this prayer with clarity. This is eternal life. Actually, let's do this. Let's read this out loud together with uh, lots of enthusiasm, starting with this is eternal life. Are you ready? Go. This is eternal life that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. That's life. (laughs) that's what you were created for. That's what I was created for, right? You have to see that this is why Jesus came. He came to reveal, to remind us of who we are. And Jesus was invited. You have to, listen, Jesus was invited to follow the gods of religion. Jesus was invited to follow the gods of war. Jesus was invited to follow the gods of politics, the gods of pride and glory, the gods of this world, right? And he refused them all. He refused them all. He came to do the will of the Father. He came to walk in reliance on the will of the Father. Why? Because Jesus loves the Father, and the Father loves him. Jesus knows his purpose. See, Jesus sacrificed his life for hours. Why? Because he loves you. You see, you have to see that Jesus is the most human who's ever lived. He loved God completely. And he loved others completely. Jesus is the most human you've ever seen. And so what Genesis is saying here is resist the call from the gods of this world. They didn't create you. They didn't create you. They don't love you. They will never give their lives for your lives. Never. 
Instead, turn to the God of creation. Turn to the God who created you. Turn to the God who loves you. Turn to the God who laid himself down for you. And the first place that starts is by discovering who God is, by reading and studying the scriptures, right? By reading, right? reading them to find out who this God is. You discover who God is through the person and ministry of Jesus Christ. As you do, you begin to learn, right? The Holy Spirit, when you come to faith, the Holy Spirit comes inside of us and, and he begins to prompt us to discover how to rely on Jesus Christ through prayer. To love God through loving others, right? All of this transformation begins to take place because you are created with a purpose. You're created with design to know God, to love God, to rely on God, and to love others selflessly, right? And so this week, here's what I want to do. I want to invite you to think about taking two steps. Um, and these steps are on the back of your connection card. Uh, you can take a look at them if you want to, uh, on the back of your blue one, or look at them online. They're out there. But here's the two steps I want you to consider taking. First one is this. Maybe this week you would read Philippians chapter 2 and 1 John chapter 4 to spend some time reading and studying those chapters this week, right? And as you read, if you take that next step, as you read, ask these two questions. What do these chapters, what do these passages reveal about who God is? about his nature, about his character, about who he is. And then I would ask the second question. How do these passages point to Jesus? How do these passages reveal who Jesus is, right? Now, here's a little uh, next step. I was referred to as extra this morning. So he said, Fritz, hey, you're really extra this morning. Do you have like double coffee or what? Um, but if so, if you want to be extra too, uh, you might take this next step. You might read those passages you can read it by yourself, and that's fine, but you might read them and study them with another believer, right? To read and talk about them with other believers, right? Make a phone call. Hey, man, I was reading Philippians 2. What, like, what are some things you saw there? Meet up for coffee, right? Jump on chat online or whatever it is. Listen, you will be amazed how God reveals himself through scripture and community and prayer. Like so simple, like 15-minute, 20-minute conversation, phenomenal, Right? Reach out to somebody else and do that. But engage in that right, this week. And, he, and that's the other step I want to invite you to take too. Pastor Matt mentioned it already, but I want to invite you to sign up for a group. Okay? I, I, this is, uh, listen, our groups are designed to help you grow in relationship with God and to help you grow in relationship with one another. That's their design. right? That's how they're made. And so let me say this. If you're only participating in Sunday mornings, you're missing one of the best parts of our family, right? Which is, which is groups, okay? And so, man, jump in, take a risk, and, and sign up for a group today before you leave. You can use your connection card. You can do it online. Really, really easy. But you might be saying, well, listen, I don't know anybody in that group. Okay, you will, right? Just sit, go once. You'll know people. Promise you, right? You will. Uh, you might say, well, I'm not ready to meet with people in person because of COVID. That's okay. We have online groups, okay? So you can jump with groups that are meeting exclusively online, and, and you can do that, right? And they're doing phenomenal. You might say, well, what if I don't like these people, right? Listen, it's only a few hours over 10 weeks, okay? You have spent more time with family members and coworkers that you can't stand, all right? You can do, all uh, right? <laughs> right? You can do it. Take the risk. And the chances you're going to hook up with somebody that you really don't like are super, super small. Unless you're in my group, then the chances increase, all right? Uh, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. 
I'm like salt and vinegar chips, right? Like you're either madly in love with them, you're like, not past, buddy. Uh, right? <laughs> but listen, take, take the risk. Sign up for a group. Don't, don't, don't pass. This is a really good, simple next step to be reminded of who you are in Christ. Listen, uh, my son and I, uh, my son Levi and I, we were driving to a store this week. And uh, he had told me, we were just kind of talking, he told me he was reading in the Old Testament. Uh, he was reading in Numbers 20 and 21, right? Because that's where all 10-year-olds spend their time in the Bible. Um, but so he's like, tell me he's reading that. And he just read the story of God providing water out of a rock. And he also read the story of uh, the people, the nation of Israel complaining, and like these poisonous snakes come out and start biting people, and some people die, and some people are suffering. I was like, yeah, great, we'll read that before bed tonight, uh, right? Uh, so, but he's telling me about this story about this time when people were rebelling against God, and I asked him, I said, cool, what'd you learn? This is his response. Uh, Don't complain against God. <laughs> or he'll correct you. <laughs> and I thought... Okay, all right. Uh, I'm not saying you're wrong, dude. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about this. So I asked him, I said, can I tell you what those accounts really point to? I said, all of Scripture, Jesus taught us this, that all of Scripture, Old Testament and New Testament, points to him. All of Scripture points to Jesus Christ and reveals us to him. It all reveals more and more about who he is. And so I encouraged him, I said, hey, um, Resist the urge to reduce scripture to morals. Right? I know it's easy to go there sometimes, but resist the urge to reduce scripture to morals and better living. Okay? I'm not saying you're wrong, but listen. I said, you know, in the first story, the people are dying of, of thirst, right? They're like, they don't have anything to drink. They're out there in the desert. They're following God and they're complaining. Why can't we go back to Egypt? At least in Egypt, we had stuff. God, you, you, you brought us out here to kill us. And so what God does is he provides water by having Moses strike a rock with a stick. And the people drank, and they were happy again. But they got thirsty again later, right? I said, did you know in the New Testament, Jesus actually says that he has access to a living water, that anybody who drinks that living water will never thirst again. And he actually says, I'm the living water. I, I'm me. I am the living water, right? I said that story about Moses striking the rock and providing water, I said that points to Jesus. That points to Jesus who quenches our empty dryness to be separated from God. He was struck on our behalf and provides everlasting life for us. I said in that story, about disobedience among the people and these poisonous snakes coming out and biting them and killing some and hurting many and, right, and, and they're going through all of this challenge. The people asked God for forgiveness. You know what he did? He told Moses, he said, hey, make a snake out of bronze, put it on top of a pole so people can see it so it's held up high. When they look on that bronze snake, they'll be healed. And that's exactly what happened. People who were bitten by the snake, they look on this bronze snake that was held up high and they were healed of their bites and they didn't die. I said, Levi, every single one of us has been bitten by the venom of sin. And we're all on death sentence. And it's just a moment. It's any time where it's going to end for us. I said, you have to realize Jesus is the one who is lifted up high on the cross on our behalf, suffering the weight and the wrath and the guilt of all of our sin. And that those who look on him who has been lifted up high 
it with faith and in grace are healed by Jesus Christ alone. So that's what those stories are really about. I'm not saying that you should complain about God. I'm not saying, right, that that's a, a right way to live. But here's what I'm saying is, all scripture points to who Jesus is. And Jesus is the living water and the only one who can bring healing for those of us who are suffering from sin and death. And so I told Levi, I said, listen, the Bible isn't a book on how to be a moral person and how to live a better life than anybody else. That's not what this is. The Bible is God revealing us to himself, right? Revealing himself to us, right? This is who I am. And when God reveals who he is, we understand that we begin to realize who we are. God is revealing him to us and he's revealing us to us. We are created by him and we are created for him. We're made to be in a relationship with him and we're made to be in relationship with one another. And Jesus is the only one who makes that possible. And so I echo the words of Jesus. Love God. Love one another. It's what you were created for. I want to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. We end every teaching asking this question and it's simply this. Jesus what are you saying to me right now? And I want to give you a moment to listen to what the Holy Spirit may be saying to you through the scripture or through the teaching this morning. Father, I thank you for the reminder this morning that I needed to hear from you. I am not my own. We do not belong to ourselves under self-leadership, and self-leadership every time brings separation from you. You are inviting all of us to lean into you practically in real ways through faith, by grace, you're inviting us to know you. You're inviting us to love you. You're inviting us to rely on you, not just in the big times, not just in the cataclysmic moments when chaos is ensuing all around us, but actually in the mundane as well. And Holy Spirit, I would pray for anybody this morning here at this location at Bluffton online that is recognizing that they have been searching for their own purpose and their own meaning and they've been looking to wealth and they've been looking to fame and they've been looking to legacy and they've been looking to politics and they've been looking to things working out the way they want things to work out and keep hitting the wall or maybe they've had success but the emptiness is still there. I pray that they would hear your call, your invitation to faith in you, to know you and to step into their true purpose of who they are. Father, I would ask that your Holy Spirit would empower the disciples in this room and at all of our locations to live out as ones who love you and ones who love others very, very clearly 
very profoundly and unselfishly. We know that only comes through being renewed and transformed by your Holy Spirit. It's not in our own strength. It's not in our own power. And so change my heart this morning. I'd imagine that as a prayer of a lot of my friends here this morning. Change my heart. Renew my mind. Grow me into the character of Jesus Christ, the full stature. We bless you. We worship you. For you alone are mighty. No one else is. You alone are creator. No one else is. We ask these things in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. And everyone said, amen. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about Lighthouse Community, check out our website at mylighthousecommunity.com or connect with us on Facebook. You're invited to join us live Sunday mornings at 9.09 or 11.11. Thanks again for listening to the Lighthouse Community Podcast.